all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday. Don't forget that your skin is your largest organ, and the sun can be your skin's worst enemy. Dermatologist-recommended Neutrogena products offer the ultimate protection for your skin. From makeup remover wipes to Hydro Boost Water Gel Facial Moisturizer, BJ's has your entire lineup of Neutrogena skincare products. And now through December 3rd, save $4 on any Neutrogena product at BJ's. Love your skin back and save now through December 3rd, only at BJ's. Welcome to Harvest Christian Center. I'm Dr. Foreman, and you're getting ready to hear an incredible message from God's Word. If this message speaks to you in a supernatural way like we believe it will, be sure to let us know at our website, harvestcc.me. If you're led to sow into the ministry of Harvest Christian Center, you can do so as well by visiting our website. Get ready to prepare your heart, mind, and spirit to receive this incredible Word that God has for you today. Remember, love God, love people, and love life. Let's go into the message already in progress. Are y'all ready for it? We're starting a brand new series today. Touch your neighbor. Say, neighbor, throughout this series, you are going to become well acquainted with the Holy Spirit. Well, Happy New Year, Harvest. I said, Happy New Year, Harvest. It is a brand new year, and we are excited about it, and today we're starting a brand new series. Now, before we get into this word today, I just want to remind you about, uh, if you were not here New Year's Eve, wow, you just, you just, you just missed it. But, but I want to remind you the four things that 2013 is going to be for harvesters. The first thing, uh, and that's what we call our members here, harvesters. The first thing is that God's got to be first in everything this year. The second thing, this is going to be a year of great sowing. And if there's great seed, that means there's going to be great harvest. The third thing is that this is going to be a year of great results. Look at the neighbor and say, you're going to see some results in your life. Tell them, you don't have no time to waste this year. And the fourth thing that 2013 is going to be for harvesters is this is going to be a year of conquered issues. You, you got some issues, baby, that it's time for you to conquer. You've been mad too long. You've been depressed too long. You've been sick too long. You've had unforgiveness for too long. Hallelujah. Are you ready to get in this word today? As you stand with me, lift your Bibles. How we're going to make our faith confession together. Let's do it. This is my Bible. It is the living word of God. It gives me abundant life. I am not just a hearer of the word. I'm a doer of the word. This word teaches me that I am more than a conqueror. My spirit and my mind are prepared to receive and apply the message I am about to receive. Amen. Remain standing if you would. Go to John chapter 14. John chapter 14. John chapter 14. The gospel of John. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Chapter 14. I want you to get to verse 16. And when you get to verse 16, say, I've got it. If you're still flipping, say, hold on, Bishop. All right, I'll wait on you. It's the beginning of the year. I'm patient. Amen. 
John chapter 14, verse 16, says, And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you, how long? Forever. Verse 17, the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you, and he will be in you. Say, I have a helper that's ready to dwell inside of me. Father, speak in this place today. We thank you for your word. Father, as we begin this new series and as we begin this new year, Father, we thank you that we would do it with the guidance of the Holy Spirit. And so, Father, I pray that you would illuminate, Father, that you would uh, reveal yourself to us in a supernatural and a fresh way. And those that have never heard anything about the ghost, that they would learn. And those that think they know something would learn what it is that they do not know. Uh, Father, we pray that you would take us all to another level of understanding and another level of experience with you you and we honor you for it in Jesus name somebody shout hallelujah now before you take your seats before you take your seats I'm so excited about today's title I want you to just look at neighbor and say neighbor but wait there's more you can be seated in the presence of the Lord uh, there are several misconceptions, misunderstandings, and just plain bad information out about the Holy Spirit. Now, hear me. If you're a person that came to Harvest as an unchurched person, that's a person that's never been uh, in church, or a de-church person, a person that maybe grew up in church, but for some reason you got disconnected, you may be at a slight advantage during this series because you may not have been misinformed about the ghost. Somebody say the ghost. If you're a person that's been in church for a while, I need you to lay down what you think you know in order to open up and to receive truth. The most difficult phase in learning is unlearning. The, most, uh, the place you're going to have the greatest difficulty in trying to teach someone something is trying to unteach them what it is that they think they already know. And so here's some of the things that I hear that reveal why we need this series called The Ghost. Because I hear people say stuff like this, I caught the spirit. Here's the problem, he's not a cold so you don't catch him. I hear people say stuff like this, I feel the spirit. The problem is he's not an emotion, so you don't feel him. Then I hear people say stuff like this, well, the Holy Spirit spoke to me. Well, what did he sound like? Because if it sounded like you, it wasn't him. So today's message title, touch your neighbor and say, this is going to be good, baby, this is going to be good. So today's message title was inspired from my past love of good infomercials. Anybody like infomercials in here? I am not the only, thank you, thank you, I got one, 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 do I have two, do I have two, I got two, do I have three, do I have three, 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 I got four, 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 I got five. I love a good infomercial. Now, they don't make them like they used to anymore because now you got all of these little two-minute two commercials, these mini infomercials, but I love some of the uh, infomercials. You know the Ron Popeil infomercials, uh, like, like the pasta machine. You remember this one, don't you? You've seen this one, don't you, uh, uh, for Ron Popeil. And, and you know the thing about an infomercial is an infomercial, as you go through the infomercial, as it continues to progress, look, there's 12 different pasta dyes that you can make different pasta. As you keep going through the infomercial, the moment you think they've told you everything there is to know about the product and everything there is to know about the deal, you know what they say to you? But wait, there's more. Okay, let me talk to this side of the church because y'all don't understand. Uh, as you're going through it, now say, listen, just four easy payments of $39.99. But if you call today, we're going to get rid of one of the payments. And, but wait, there's more. Don't you need some new knives? And then, but wait, there's more. Or maybe you remember this one from Ron Popeil. See, I like Ron Popeil. I like Ron Popeil. Maybe you remember the, the food dehydrator. You remember this one? Y'all remember this one? Put it up. Y'all remember this one? 
The food dehydrator. Y'all remember that? Uh, the food dehydrator. I always wanted a food dehydrator because when they ate those banana chips in that infomercial, I just thought, my God in heaven, there is something about, y'all ain't saying nothing. I, I'm not the only one. And then when they started making the beef jerky, I didn't even like beef jerky. But I looked at it and said, my God, the way they making this beef jerky look, there's something about this food dehydrator. Somebody say, but wait, there's more. Uh, listen, listen to me. There, there are three distinct experiences that are available to you uh, from God. Say three. And after each of those experiences, there is more. God is like the ultimate infomercial. The moment that you think you've reached your zenith or you think you know everything there is to know about God, God will step in and say, baby, but wait. There's some more. Y'all ain't hear what I'm saying. And, and the moment you think God has done the greatest thing that he could do in your life, God pops up like Ron Popeil and says, but wait, there's more. The moment you think that God can't bring you out of the mess in the situation that you're in, God steps out of heaven and he gives you the infomercial and says, baby, but wait, there's more. Are y'all still here? Uh, no, no, watch this, watch this, watch this. Serving God only gets boring if you think you know everything that there is to know. It is amazing because some people seem to think that it's hard living for Jesus. And I'm here to tell you, it is really the contrary. It is hard not living for God. Because when you're not living for Jesus, you got to be your source. But when you're serving him, he is your source. When you're not living for Jesus, your job is your source. But when you're living for Jesus, your job is your resource. I wish I had a church in here. Somebody say, but wait, there's more. Now, in this series, we're going to take a topic that can sometimes be very complicated and make it very simple. And hear me, there is so much more to God and his word that can fully be explored in 40 to 50 minutes on a weekend. And that's why I hope in this brand new year that everyone's going to make a decision to, uh, this year to take the next step. Say the next step. Whether that's getting in KLU or whether that's serving in the dream team or whether that's going to Bible college or whatever that is, you need to take the next step so you can grow. Say, that, but wait, there's more. All right, so let's get into this. How many experiences did I tell you there are, that are available to you with God? There are three. Uh, uno, dos, tres. Now, we're going to look at a bunch of scriptures today. So if you're not real fast in your Bible, I don't want you to get frustrated. So just look on the screen and just open up to John and just pretend like you got it the whole time, okay? All right, because right, I don't want you saying, oh, man, I didn't know. No, 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 we're going to look at a lot of scriptures today. Here's the first experience. You, you, you may know something about this. The first experience is salvation or being born again or what the Bible calls being sealed by the Spirit. Being sealed by the Spirit. Now, I want you to go to Ephesians chapter 1. Go to Ephesians chapter 1. And we're going to look at verses 13 and 14. Say, but wait, there's more. Everybody didn't say it. We're 100% participating, church. I said, say, but wait, there's more. Amen. We're going to start this year off right. Now, I know some of y'all come from churches where maybe the people don't like the preacher. But that ain't the deal here at Harvest. I love harvesters and harvesters love me. So if I say, say something, that just means you say it. Do we understand each other? Are we on the same page? Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? Say, but wait, there's more. Amen. Hallelujah. Go to Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13. You got it? 
Now, now, so the first experience of salvation or being born again. So here's what that literally means. What that literally means is that when you give your life to Jesus and you pray, some people call it the sinner's prayer. Some people call it the Romans road to salvation. Listen, when you pray and say, Father, I believe the scripture. The scripture says that 2,000 years ago, God, uh, God stepped into an earth suit named Jesus the Christ. And when he stepped into an earth suit, he died that I might have life and life abundantly. And he died to pay the price for all of my sin and all of my iniquity and all of my transgression. Sin are the things you do when you miss the mark. Iniquity is the generational stuff that's been passed down to you from generations. Please understand, the person sitting next to you is not 25, 35, 45, 55. The person sitting next to you is a couple hundred years old. Bishop, what do you mean by that? Because the scripture says that the sins of the fathers or the iniquity, the generational stuff of the fathers will be visited to the third and fourth generations, which means the person you're sitting next to isn't just dealing with the few years they've been on earth, but they're dealing with stuff from people that they never ever met. But Jesus said, I came to pay the price for your sin, for your transgression. Transgression is where you willfully deviate from what you know to be the truth. Transgression is don't touch them cookies and you walk up to the stove and touch them cookies. That's transgression. Transgression is don't go back into that relationship and then you walk right back in there hoping it's going to be different. Yeah, okay, y'all, y'all. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So Jesus died to pay the price. So he paid the price. Jesus paid it all, man. You understand what I'm saying? That's why you can't walk around defeated and depressed and messed up and jacked up because God says, I paid the price for your stuff. Okay, but now watch what Ephesians says. Ephesians chapter 1. He says, in him you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel, which means the good news of your salvation. What's the good news? The good news is that the bad news is wrong. What's the bad news? The bad news is you got to be jacked up. You got to be messed up. You got to be broke. You got to be busted. You got to be disgusted. You got to be a loser all your life and then die and then go to glory. No. The good news is I'm not trying to die so I can get over there. The good news is I'm living to bring over there down here. The gospel of your salvation in whom you also having believed you were what? Sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Verse 14. Who is the guarantee, say guarantee, of our inheritance and to the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory. Now, watch this. Here's what that scripture is simply saying. The first experience, the Holy Spirit, and we're going to talk about exactly what that means when I say that. Uh, the Holy Spirit, he seals you. Got it? So, so let's pretend like you are my brand new uh, thing I got from GNC. I got it because it looked like a magic bullet, and I just told y'all that I like infomercials and stuff. And so it looked like a magic bullet, but I never had mustered up the courage to call the 1-800 number to get the magic bullet because I didn't want to be disappointed. Can I just be honest? And so I went and found me a magic bullet at the GNC. And do you know that when I went, they had a sale, so I got an extra special cup. I can do hot stuff in this one. You see, it's double. All right, so this is you. you. You are this empty vessel. You got it? And then, you know, the church made songs, you know, Lord, you just fill me up and use me. All this. Okay, we're going to talk about how you get filled. Because some of y'all ain't nothing but an empty cup. But touch your neighbor and say, we're going to fix that. All right, so this is you. This is you before God, which means anything gets out, anything gets in, you are just an absolute mess. Let me spell it for you. M-E-S-S, just a mess. You couldn't do nothing right until you got God with you. The greatest decision you will ever make is to give your life to Jesus and say, Jesus, I don't know what I'm doing. Got it. So this is you. So here's what the Holy Spirit does. When you become a Christian and you, and you have the first experience, say the first experience. You're sealed. 
which means God says, I now am protecting you, which means if you were to exit the earth today, your package is sealed and it's on its way to be with me. That's the first experience. Got it? But wait. One of the outward signs of salvation is uh, water baptism. And our, our normal process is that we do that once people complete KLU so that they understand what they're doing. If you don't know what KLU is, uh, that's fine. It's just an acronym for Kingdom Life University. You can find out more about that uh, in, your, uh, in your VIP brochure on our website. Now, uh, baptism comes from this Hebrew uh, word called mikvah. Now, here's what that means. Mikvah uh, literally means a washing or a cleansing. Got it? So in this first experience, one of the things, that, and if you haven't had this done, you need to do this. One of the first things in this first experience is that we are baptized in water. And water baptism uh, simply refers to a mikvah, which just means cleansing or washing. It refers to a mikvah externally. Where all of the residue of the junk that you've been through in life is washed off of you. I, I, I was uh, doing some changing around because it's a new year, so I was doing some changing around in my house. And I had this thing in, in, in uh, a guest restroom. I had this thing full of potpourri that's been full of potpourri for probably about, oh, eight years. And that, that potpourri has not been changed uh, in eight years. And so uh, I called myself uh, this over this last week. I said, you know, I looked at it. And I said, that's really dusty. And I said, I bet you that's really disgusting in there. And so what I did was I took all of it out because it's, it's big. It's not your normal stuff. It's got seashells, all kind of stuff. It's really nice. Ladies, you'd really enjoy it. I mean, you know, <laughs> fellas be like, I just, just put the thing up there. Why do you need to put anything in it? Just put it up there. And, uh, and so it's got seashells, all kind of stuff in there. But, but I went in there and I, and I put some water in there and I put some soap in there so I could clean it. And uh, as I cleaned it, I said, this stuff is really dirty. I mean, the water was, was you know, water is clear, you know, see-through, you know. And, uh, but when I washed this thing out once, I said, my goodness, this is seven, eight years worth of buildup, worth of junk, worth of, worth of stuff, worth of dust that's been built up. See, that's what happens when you come to Jesus. You got a lot of buildup on the outside of you. And this first experience washes away the buildup that's on the outside of you. Somebody said, that's good. good. But wait, there's more. Now, most people understand that. And if you haven't had that first experience before this worship experience is over today, I'm going to give you an opportunity to have that. Because if you haven't had that, I'm here to tell you, uh, you're missing something. But here's the second experience. The second experience, and this is what we're going to be dealing with in this series, is the baptism with the Holy Spirit or being filled with the Spirit. First experience, you are sealed by the Spirit. Second experience, you are filled with the Spirit. So, here you are. Okay. This is you. Remember? Okay. Now, here's what happens. In this second experience, there's nothing in you. Got it? In this second experience, living water, which is harvest water, Living water called the Spirit now fills you up. Are you getting it? And it fills you up until you're overflowing. And so now, not only are you sealed, which means if you were to exit the earth today, you'd spend eternity with Jesus, but now you're filled with the same God 
that sealed you. Say the second experience. Now, 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 go to John 14, 17. John 14, 17, which is, which is, which is not too far away. We were just there. Uh, John 14, 17. It says, the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. So watch me. You cannot get the second experience unless you've had the first experience. And, and let me go ahead and deal with this too. Go to Acts chapter 19. Because, because again, remember I started out the series talking about many people have been misinformed about this whole thing. And so uh, I got to get you properly informed. You are also not filled with the spirit at salvation either. The second experience is different from the first experience. Now, you can have the first and then immediately have the second, but for most people, that's not how this occurs. So let's look at Acts chapter 19. Say the second experience. Filled with the Spirit. All right, Acts 19 verse 1. And it happened while Apollos was at Corinth that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus and finding somewhat disciples. Now, disciples are disciplined students, so they, they, they found some people that, that were uh, following the gospel. Verse 2, he said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? See, see what he's asking them? He says, when you had the first experience, did you get the second one? Okay, now look at what they say to him. We have not so much as whether even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. So then he asked him in verse 3, into what then were you baptized? So they said, into John's baptism. So do you see this? Um, when you have the first experience, you may or may not necessarily have the second experience. And for most people, they don't have the second experience the same time they have the first experience. Are you still with me? Now, let's define this. The Holy Spirit, uh, when I say that, that's synonymous with the Holy Ghost. Now, again, if you're from the South, you know something about the, the ghost. The Holy Ghost. I got the Holy Ghost. I got the, I got the. <laughs> okay. Holy Spirit is the same as Holy Ghost, which is the same as the Spirit of God, which is the same as the Ghost, as we're going to call them during this series. Uh, sometimes when people come up and say, Bishop, it's amazing. Everything you just preach about, is what's going on in my life. I said, baby, because I, I, I got the Ghost, not the guest. I ain't sitting up here just throwing stuff against the wall hoping it sticks. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Now, the question then becomes, well, who is the Holy Spirit? Who is that? And, and, and again, I need you to stay with me very carefully, especially if you think you know something, because you're dangerous. <laughs> Most people see God as one plus one plus one equaling three. And, 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 and I need you to understand that, 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 that that's not an appropriate or accurate way uh, to look at God. The imagery of Father, Son, Holy Spirit as three separate things, that imagery only shows up in the New Testament. And the only reason it shows up in the New Testament is so that the people that were receiving the gospel would be able to understand and receive what it is that was ministered to them. They were Greco-Romans. Well, if you know anything about their culture, they had 365 different gods for 365 different days of the year. So they didn't understand this concept that God is one, yet he can manifest himself as three. Uh, which means, watch this, you may be a mother, but the same you is also somebody's daughter. But the same you is also somebody's employee. Are you hearing what I'm saying? D don't look at God as one plus one plus one equaling three. That, if you're worshiping three gods, you're a pagan. I just need, that, ain't, that ain't biblical. That's polytheistic, poly, multiple, theistic, theos, gods, multiple gods. That's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible only uses imagery. Can I, can I give y'all a little revelation? 
Because I hear somebody saying, well, then why then would Jesus say, I'm praying to my Father in heaven? I'm going to give you some revelation. Touch your neighbor and say, it's going to be good for you. If you read the last book of the Bible in Malachi, you will discover that God issues a very stern warning. God says to the people, I'm going to send the spirit of Elijah who came back as John the Baptist. He said, I'm going to send. Are y'all still with me? He said, I'm going to send him that he would turn the hearts of the fathers to the sons and the hearts of the sons to the fathers. He was not talking just about natural father and son relationship, if you understand it in context. Bishop, how do you know that? Because Elijah had no natural children, but Elijah had spiritual children. Elijah was the first man to not have a school of the prophets, but to have sons of the prophets. So God says, listen, I'm going to send spiritual fathers into the earth. And God says, listen, I'm going to turn their hearts towards their spiritual children and their spiritual children's heart towards the spiritual father but watch this God issues a very stern warning God says but if y'all don't get this right I'm gonna curse the earth y'all can't handle revelation y'all this is too much so 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 the last thing God says is if y'all don't get this thing right I'm gonna curse the whole system I'm gonna empower the whole system to fail so what does God do God's next thing is you say you know what I'm gonna show them how to do what I want which means God says, I'm going to step out of heaven into earth and call myself my son so I can show them how a father and a son are supposed to. Y'all ain't hearing what I'm saying? God, I wish I had it up. God said, I'm going to step out into earth to show them the relationship that a spiritual leader is supposed to have with their spiritual followers. So I'm going to do it myself so they can see me do it. All right, let's come back up because some of y'all, that water's too deep for you. Water's too deep for you. Why is he up there talking? He's talking to himself so you can see what you're supposed to do. So, so it's not appropriate for us to see God as one plus one plus one equaling three. That, that's not an appropriate way to look at it. Now, are you wrong? Are you going to go to hell for that? No. you <laughs> You're just misinformed. Here's the appropriate way to look at God. One times one times one equals one. Let me give you the scripture because some of you are saying, well, I just don't believe that. See, I told you you're dangerous because you don't know what you don't know. Go to Deuteronomy 6 and 4. Go to Deuteronomy 6 and 4. Let me just settle the whole discussion. Let's settle the whole discussion. God is one. <laughs> you are one person. But you're an employee to somebody. You might be a mother or a father to somebody else. You might be a cousin to somebody else. And then you might be a great auntie to somebody else. And then you might be a big mama to somebody else. You might be a sugar mama to somebody else. <laughs> Deuteronomy 6 and 4, you got it? Look at this. Because many of you have had questions like this forever. Like, why in the world is it one? Well, who should I be talking to? What should I be saying? Look at the verse. Deuteronomy 6 and 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord. Now, notice, Lord is all caps here, which means I've talked to you this before. That's God's covenant name. That's God's actual name. God is not God's name. God is a sixth century term from the word gudan, which is God's title. So the word God is a title, not a name. Because anything can be a God. Your children can be a God because when they say they ain't going to church, you don't come. Okay. All right. It's too much. Too much. Your job could be your God. Ooh, it got real quiet right there. This whole section, y'all hear how they just dropped out right there? Deuteronomy 6 and 4. Here it is. Here it is. It says, hear, O Israel. Put it up. It says, the Lord our God, the Lord is three different folks. <laughs> 
No, the Lord is one. Now, see, here's the beauty and majesty of our God. God is so awesome that he can be multiple things at the same time. See, he can be your brother if you're brotherless, but he can be your neighbor's mother if she's motherless. And he can be your cousin's father if he's fatherless. And he can be a way maker if you need a way made. And he can be a door opener if you need a door open. And he can be a... He can be whatever you need him to be when you need him. That's why when Moses, can I just preach for 30 seconds here? That's why when Moses said, Lord, who should I say sent me? He says, you shall tell them I am. But in Hebrew, the phrase is a year, a share, a year, which means I'm going to prove what I am to be. God says, I'm going to be whatever it is that you need me to be when you need me to be it. I'm going to show you that I can. God, have mercy. Touch your neighbor and say, that's just the kind of God we serve, man. All right, watch this. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. So the Holy Spirit then, in Hebrew, is the word ruach. For my note takers, write this down. And even if you're not taking notes, write this down. Uh, it's the word ruach, R-U-A-C-H, ruach. And that's Hebrew. But so why are you giving us the Hebrew word? Because that's your Old Testament. That means breath, mind, wind. <laughs> so the Holy Spirit is the breath it is the mind it is the the wind of God but then in the New Testament it's the word pneuma I'm gonna spell it for you because I see somebody writing n-o-o-m-a it is p-n-e-u-m-a p-n-e-u-m-a for my note takers that's Greek Bishop why are you giving us the Greek that's your New Testament it means guess what same thing so when we're talking about the Holy Spirit, it is the, the breath of God. It is the mind of God. It is the wind of God. Are y'all still harvest? Now, so let's, let's ask these questions. So then what does the ghost do? Because, again, most people have all these people feel goosebumps. And they're like, ooh, I felt the Holy Ghost. People start getting happy in church. Ooh, I caught the Holy Ghost. You don't catch him. He's not the flu. <laughs> okay. So we're going to look at it. What does he do? Uh, the first thing is he lives in you. The ghost lives in you. Now remember I told you we're going to go to a lot of scriptures today. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. The ghost lives in you. This is powerful. Because up until the first experience, good, you're sealed. But there's nothing helping you to live this Christian life other than your efforts. God, I wish I had somebody here. There's nothing, unless the ghost is in you, then everything that you're able to accomplish, you're able to accomplish because of your own merits and your own efforts. And, and, and I don't know, but I think i got a few witnesses that it's hard when you're trying to do stuff yourself. When you've been used to doing stuff the wrong way for so long, and then you got a book that tells you a new way to do it, but you don't have no help to help you. You don't know what to do. 1 Corinthians 3.16, you got it? Do you not know that you, say I, am the temple of God and the Spirit of God dwells in you? Verse 17, watch this now because this is where I may maybe lose some of you. If anyone defiles the temple, well, who's the temple? You. God will, watch this, New Testament, destroy him. Got real quiet there. For the temple of God, who is that? You. You are 
holy. Which means in this second experience, see, in the first experience, God buys you. Bishop, what do you mean? He pays the price for you. Okay, that's what Calvary's about. He pays the price for you. In the, think of it like buying a house. In the first experience, God gets the deed. In the second experience, God moves in. You can have a house that you own, but that you never live in. Y'all not hearing what I'm saying? In this second experience, God says, I don't just own you, but now I'm getting ready to come live in you. But check this out. God says, I'm not the house guest. I'm the owner. Which means there's some stuff that I'm not going for in my house. Y'all not. That's the reason why we say, no, I can't be with you. And no, I'm not laying down with you if we're not married. Why? Because the owner of this house ain't letting that go down. Y'all don't want to say nothing to me? That's fine. That's the reason why we say, God, no, I'm going to watch what I eat. Ooh. I'm going to watch what I eat, God, because this is your house. You the owner. Just the neighbor say, he owns the house. He bought you, baby. You are not your own. You are bought with a price. And that's why you can't go wherever you want to go. That's why you can't do whatever you want to do. Because you are owned by somebody else. In this second, y'all all right? In this second experience, when you're filled, the living God lives in you. He lives in you. And that's why there are certain things. To where when you have this second experience, you'd be like, no, nah, I can't, I, no, I can't do that. And somebody be like, well, you ain't doing nothing wrong, but just I just can't, I can't do that. Why? Because the owner is saying, you better not. Let me translate for my Denverites. That means you better not do that, bud. <laughs> Let me go to Watts. Check yourself. For you wreck yourself. Because it might be bad for your health. Second thing, the ghost leads you. Remember, the ghost means the Holy Spirit, means the Holy Ghost, means the Spirit of God. It is the mind of God, the wind of God, the breath of God. He leads you. He leads you. Go to Luke 4 and 1. Luke 4 and 1. Y'all all right? Luke 4 and 1. This is, this is, this is an important component because some people, I just don't know what to do. I'm just not sure what I'm supposed to do. Well, first off, you need to realize you're not the owner. Well, I just want to do this. It, baby, baby, baby. People say, I just want to have a happy life. Okay, that's great. Wonderful. God wants you to enjoy your life too. The difference is, is there are two different paths to get to a place called happiness. It's yours. And there's his. Now, let me just ask a question. Does your way work? Now, I know some of you are thinking, well, kind of. See, that's because you haven't been broken yet. But we're going we're gonna to get to that part of what the ghost does in just a minute. Because if you think your way ever works, just look at your life. Old song used to say, when I look back over my life, and I think things over, I can truly say that I've been blessed, man. It's not because of how great I am. It's because of how great he is. And I got a testimony. Luke 4 and 1. 
Then Jesus, being filled with himself, filled with the ghost. Watch this. He returned from the Jordan. Check this next part out. And was led by the Spirit into the promised land. Oh, no, that's not what it says. It says he was led into the wilderness. Say, the ghost will lead me. But check this out. Can I just make, because some of you, you, you need to hear this, hear this this morning. Sometimes it's God that leads you into the wildernesses of life because he knows that's the only place you'll listen. So sometimes the spirit grabs you and says, come on out here, baby. Where are we going? Out there? The wilderness is a place where you learn to listen or you repeat the same thing that you got pulled out there for in the first place. The children of Israel didn't get this. So for 40 years, they repeated the same thing. Here's my question. Are you a 40-year person or are you an 11-day journey person? Because you can only be one or the other. Bishop, what do you mean 11-day? The, the, the total trip from Egypt to the promised land should have taken 11 days. I can deal with 11 days. I can do 11 days. Got it? For 40 years, they wouldn't let the ghost do what he was trying to do. So for 40 years, they marched around the same mountain. And this is going to be my year. This is my year. But didn't do nothing different. It's going to be the best year of my life. But didn't do nothing different. Oh, I just feel it. What you feel, baby? Because he, okay, what you feeling? Want something you've never had? You must do something you have never done. Can I say this to you? Your life is perfectly set up to get you the results you're getting. It's perfect to get you what you got. And your future is going to cost you more than what it costs you to get where you're at because where you're at, it costs you what it costs you. You still here? The ghost led him into a wilderness. And he was there for 40 days, 40 nights. And the Bible says he was tempted. I have time to go there. I have time to go there. Say the ghost leads me. Okay, now let's go to the next thing. Uh, John 14, 16. We were here. We opened up here. Y'all all right? We're almost there. John 14, 16. I'm going to go to it very quickly. It says, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever. The word helper there is the word in Greek, parakletos, uh, which means an intercessor. That means that the Spirit prays for you. And we're going to talk about that in the series of how it is that he prays for you. Because we have our prayers, and then God has what he wished we would have prayed. So when the Spirit prays for you, it's where God prays what he wishes you would have prayed. But you didn't pray because you didn't have the faith to hear yourself say it. There are certain things that we don't pray because we don't have the faith to even hear ourselves say it. So when we get ready to utter it, we think, oh, no, I can't ask for that. Okay, all right. He's an intercessor. He prays for us. Uh, it means he's a consoler. Uh, he's an advocate. He's a comforter. So the next thing that the ghost does is the ghost comforts you and he helps you. How do you make it through hell? The ghost. Not the ghost of Christmas past. <laughs> no, the ghost. H how do you know that, that even when you're in the midst of the worst situation of your life, how do you know it's going to turn for your good? The ghost. 
Because the ghost will pull you over to the side and say, listen to me. You have been through worse than this before. Who am I preaching to? The ghost will pull you to the side and say, stop crying. I don't know why you sitting up here crying about this. I told you 10 years not to mess with him in the first place. Listen, you better pull your, y'all not. The, the ghost comforts you and he helps you. Next thing, next thing, go to Luke 12, 12, Luke 12, 12, Luke 12, 12. Y'all all right? So the ghost lives in you, the ghost leads you, the ghost comforts you and helps you. Next thing the ghost does, Luke 12, 12. Let's go there very quickly. It says, for the Holy Spirit will teach you in that very hour what you ought to or what you should say. So, so here's the next thing that the ghost does. The ghost schools you on the spot. Uh, let me translate. Schools means that he teaches you on the spot. You, you ever been sitting, maybe you've had an experience like this. And maybe you were in an interview and you got asked a question and uh, you didn't quite fully know in your own knowledge what the answer to the question was. But all of a sudden, something came to you and the answer you came out with surprised you. Y'all ain't never had that experience. You've been talking with somebody and they asked you a spiritual question and you started off thinking you knew what you was talking about. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, God, I don't know, Lord, you better help me. And then all of a sudden something came out and you said to yourself, God, darn, I'm going to send that in the bishop. That sounds mighty good to me. That's because the ghost will school you on the spot. He'll tell you what you need to say when you need to say it. And at the same time, the ghost will tell you when to hush when you need to hush. Okay, I wish I had a witness here. Because wives, sometimes when you just want to, and sister girl and I, sometimes the ghost will say, be quiet. Have your seat. Okay, see, I knew I, fellas, the ladies left me. Don't y'all leave me hanging. The ladies dropped out. I mean, the bottom fell. And men, sometimes you're going to say, you know what? No, I'm going to say something. And sometimes the ghost will say, have your seat, young man. <laughs> have your seat, man. Sit down. Be quiet. And sometimes you're going to want to talk to your kids, but what you want to say in that moment. And sometimes the ghost will say, be quiet. Don't you say nothing to them. You're going to break their little spirit. And so sometimes you'll be ready to just let them have it, and the ghost will be like, whoosa. Do I have any witnesses in the place? The ghost schools you on the spot. And sometimes you're going to want to tell your boss, and you're going to think, well, I'm going to tell him. And sometimes the ghost will say, baby, 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 you need that check. You better sit down somewhere. Next thing. Next thing, John 14, 26. Next thing, John 14, 26. John 14, 26, the gospel of John. But wait, there's more. <laughs> See, some of you think, oh, I knew that. I knew he covered me and I knew he did to me. I knew that. No, baby, there's some more. John 14, 26, but the helper. Now, remember, we already know what that word means, parakletos. The Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send you in my name, he will do what? Teach you all things. Watch this, the second part. And bring to your remembrance all of what I told you. You, you ever been driving, and then all of a sudden, something that was said to you years ago comes back to you, and you said, oh, this is what, oh, 
The ghost reminds you even when you want to forget. I was, uh, I was sharing uh, last week, there was, a, there was a, uh, uh, a video, a leadership development video that I was showing and sharing with some of the tiers of leadership at the church. And we were going through the video, and uh, this man of God, he, he was talking about some great things. But one of the things he was talking about, he said uh, uh, that he went through a divorce in his life. He was talking about how divorce uh, uh, is, is, is painful if you care. Uh, he said if people can recover quickly from divorce, it's because they didn't care. And uh, this was his experience. He was talking about his experience. And so he said all that. And then uh, he, 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 he said he was in a courtroom uh, in a particular city, and he walked out of the courtroom, and he, he was crying, and he was just, he was devastated. You understand? I mean, he loved her, but she loved his money. And uh, got real quiet right there. And... Uh, and, and, and she loved the trappings of being with a man of God, but she didn't love the man of God. Okay, all right, all right, all right. And, and, and so he walks out. This is what he said. This is his experience. He, he walked out. And he said, God, why did you let this happen? And you know what he said? The Holy Ghost went back to him and said, listen to me. I told you 13 years ago not to marry her. He says, I don't want to hear it. Woo, Okay. The whole church just dropped out right there. What, what's the point? There's sometimes things you don't want to remember that the ghost will throw right up in your face and say, no, we're going to have the discussion. Y'all all right? He reminds us. So when you're feeling like, oh, this is just good. Oh, my life is so bad. The ghost reminds you. Wait a minute. This, this, is, this is not that bad. There's other people that got stuff way worse than this. You better quit your crying and rejoice. You better give God glory because it could have been you that's messed up and jacked up and sleeping on a bridge somewhere. It could. The ghost will remind you. Say, the ghost reminds me, even if I want to forget. Okay, flip over two books, John 16, 8. We're almost through John 16, 8. John 16, 8. Y'all all right? We're talking about the ghost, the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of God, the breath of God, the mind of God, the wind of God, Ruach. It is this that filled Adam and made Adam a living being. See, it filled him. Got it? All right. Uh, John 16, 8, you got it? And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin. Now, let me just say this. For all of you sin police... You know the sin police. The, the sin police sit back and see everybody else's stuff but theirs. You know the sin police, they'll have family dinner and the discussion is you. Well, I just don't believe. You believe what so-and-so did? I tell you, they just, I tell you, they just, my God, I just don't. But you forgot. That's why Jesus said, before you start messing with the speck over there, Get the two by four out your eye. It's quiet in the church. Touch your neighbor and say, resign from the sin police. Why do you need to resign? Because that's not your job. John 16, 8, it says, and when he has come, he will convict the world or the people therein of sin 
And he'll tell them when they're living righteously or in a right standing with God. And he'll be the one to bring judgment. Judgment is when God has to correct you by force. Got that? So, so what's the next thing that the ghost does? The ghost will convict you when you're wrong. And he'll tell you when you're right. And he'll correct you by force when you don't want to listen. Um, amen. Now, I, I don't want you to hear me. I want you to uh, listen very carefully to what I'm saying. I don't want you to hear anything that I'm saying today or ever as being uh, beating you down and, you know, kicking you down and judging you and all that. Got it? When you know better, you now have an opportunity to do better. Knowing better doesn't automatically make a person do better because I know lots of people that know great things and yet they don't do them. So knowing better doesn't make you do better, but knowing better gives you an opportunity to do better. So I don't want you to hear anything that I ever say. You know, people say, ooh, and all that, and that's great, and that's wonderful, we have a great time. But I don't want you to ever hear any of that as condemnation. Hear it as the ghost speaking through me to bring conviction. That's what he does. Conviction is different than condemnation. Conviction, condemnation is, oh, you're so dumb. You're so this, you're so this. How do you do the same thing twice? I mean, you just, you just, don't, you just, you know, that's condemnation. Conviction says, you are a king. You are a queen. You, you, I made you in my image and my likeness. Why do you choose to live so low when I died for you to live so high? See the difference? Condemnation's putting you down. Conviction says, you're above that. I made you to sit with me in heavenly places. I, I made you in my image and in my likeness. I created you and I put a treasure on the inside of you. That, that's the difference. See it? Okay, next thing. We're almost through. Uh, this one you're going to love. Luke 3.21. Luke 3.21. We're almost done. You all right? Luke 3.21. You learning something? Luke 3.21. Luke 3.21. Luke 3.21. It says, when all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus was also baptized. Now, that word baptized there um, is, um, is, is the same Hebrew word I told you earlier, mikvah. Okay? And while he prayed, the heaven was open. And the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit rather, descended in bodily form like a dove. So, you see, the, the Holy Ghost is not a dove. He's like a dove. You understand that? Okay? He, he descended in a bodily form like a dove upon him. And a voice came from heaven. Now, remember, I told you why all this imagery is there anyhow. But again, uh, just so you get the point. And a voice came from heaven saying, which said, you are my son and whom I am well pleased. What's, what's the final and perhaps the most important thing we're going to talk about today that the Holy Ghost does for you is he affirms you. He affirms you. Did Jesus need to know that? Did he need to be reminded of that? No, he's God in the flesh. He's Theanthropos. What does that mean, Bishop? I use that word a lot. Uh, Theanthropos. He's the God-man. Anthropos, person. Theos, God. God-man. He's so much God, you can't believe he's man. He's so much man, you can't believe he's God. So did he need to know who he was? He knew who he was. He was the one telling everybody else who they were. But again, it's there so we get an example. The ghost affirms you. And so when you're walking around thinking, oh, I'm just such a loser. I'm just such a mistake. I'm just such a this. The ghost speaks to you and says, no, you're not. 
And when you beat yourself up, because the truth is, is that the worst person uh, to beat you up is not somebody from the outside. It's often you. The ghost will come in and say, what are you doing? Stop that. Oh, God, you just don't understand. God, I just didn't And he'll let you cry it out sometimes. And then he'll come back and say, listen to me. Listen to me. I paid a price for you. You important to me. <laughs> Let's borrow this line. You is kind. Come on, help. You is smart. And you is important. Not important. Important. From the movie The Help. And when you're sitting there saying, God, I can't do anything. God says, yes, you can. You're just so used to doing in your way that when I try to show you my way, you want to negotiate. So the ghost will say, just do it my way. He affirms you. And when you feel like, I just don't know who I am, I don't know who I am, the ghost will come and he'll get in your ear. And he'll say, listen, I made you. Before your mother met your father, Come here, Jeremiah chapter 1. I knew you. You were with me before you ever met them. You were with me before you ever found out that there was something that was going to be tough and difficult to do. You were with me before you ever dealt with difficulty. You were with me before you ever dealt with challenges. And watch this. God says, before you ever got here, you beat a million to fertilize the egg. So why is it now that you got such an issue with folks talking about you now? If you beat a million before you got here, evidently you're an odd beater. Touch your neighbor and say, you've already beat the odds. Somebody shout the second experience. But wait. Okay, so my line is but wait. <laughs> Your line is there's more. Let's try it again. But wait. Somebody says, Bishop, how do you receive this ghost? I'd like to receive him today. <laughs> First thing I understand is it's not an intellectual pursuit. Oftentimes, uh, I won't say that. Go to Luke eleven thirteen. I won't say that. Go to Luke eleven thirteen. Let me show you how you receive the ghost. I know what some of you are thinking. Well, he didn't talk about the gifts, and he didn't talk about tongues. He didn't talk about this. I'm gonna talk about that in the series. But but watch this. On Christmas morning, on Christmas morning, uh, if, if 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 you if 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 you opened a present, when you opened that present, you didn't know everything that that gift was going to do as soon as you opened it. So if somebody got you a new, I know people are saying they got new iPads and all this kind of stuff. And iPad minis, which I don't understand that. It ain't nothing but a big phone. I really do not understand that. I'm very bothered by that. Pray for me. Because if you can hold it in your hand, that's the point. I don't want to hold it in my hand. I have a phone to hold it. Okay, all right, that's just, all right, that's just me. Excuse me. I was having a personal dialogue I let you in on. Excuse me. Now, now look at this. Now, 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 now look at this. You didn't know everything if you got an iPad or iPhone, a new jitterbug or whatever you got. If you got a gift, you didn't know everything it did when you opened the gift. You just knew enough to turn it on. As we go through this series, we're going to unwrap the gift of the ghost. And we're going to get into the depth and the mystery and the gifts and all of this kind of stuff uh, that the ghost brings with him. Because he doesn't just do stuff for you, he brings stuff with him. But today, we just want to open the gift and turn it on. So if, if you want to receive the ghost, here's how you do it. 
Luke 11, 13. I know some of you come from churches where they tell you, oh, honey, just stay at the altar until you start shaking. And, and, and once you finish shaking, you got him. <laughs> and some of y'all laugh because y'all know that's the truth. Because they, they call you down and then the mothers of the church, come on, baby, come on, just receive it, receive it. You ain't asked for so, something, so how you going to receive it? Shaking don't mean you got the ghost. Shaking can mean you need to see a doctor. <laughs> Ooh, I was just trembling. You might be cold. Check, wear a coat next time you come. You might just... Luke 11 and 13, you watch it. Here's what Jesus says. If you've been being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will Big Daddy give the ghost to them that ask? How do you get the ghost? You ask. How did you get the first experience and become a Christian? You asked. It ain't some super mystical. No. You ask. Now, you said, okay, Bishop, once I ask, what do I do? Do I just, do I just have it then? Go to Acts 19.6. Here's what you do after you ask. I'm way out of time, but I want to make sure you get this. Y'all all right? See, the interesting thing about church is that you want your life to change from an hour on a Sunday. And so I try to pack as much as I can into this message and this worship experience because, you know, you know, I'm just trying to get you to get some results. I'm obsessed with people's lives changing. That's what I'm obsessed with. Some preachers are trying to be big stars and trying to all this. I, listen, that, I don't care about that. I'm obsessed with changing lives. That's what I'm obsessed with. I'm obsessed with it. Got it? So when I preach and teach, I'm not just teaching just so you know some neat words. I'm teaching you so that it can change your life. You understand what I'm saying? All right. Acts 19.6. Here it is. And when Paul, he was an apostle, had laid hands on them, what happened? The ghost came upon them. And, and, and the second part, we're going to talk about that later in the series. And they spoke with tongues and prophesied. But today, we ain't getting to the end. We stand before the comma today. We'll get after the comma as the series progresses. So how do you receive the ghost? You do what? You ask. And, and once you ask for them, then what needs to happen? Hands need to be laid on you. And what happens when hands are laid on you? The ghost comes. And then when he comes, no longer are you just sealed, but now you are filled. And now when you're feeling discouraged, rather than you talking to yourself, the ghost says, shh, hush. But watch this. I got to do this. I just got to touch it real quick. Because some of you are saying, Bishop, I've got the ghost. And asked for the ghost. And I received the ghost. But what do I need today? This is a good message for all them people without it. Mm-mm, no. But wait. There's a third experience. The third experience is when you are refilled. <laughs> oh, man, you better get ready because in about three minutes, it's just getting ready to be bananas in here. You where you are refilled. Now, check this out. Check this out. I love, yesterday I was, I was getting one of my pre-fast meals in. And so I was eating as much as I could as fast as I could. 
<laughs> I mean, I just ate, and I ate so fast, and I got so angry because as soon, I mean, I was full. I couldn't do no more. Don't look at me like you've never done this because I know how it works on the fast. You understand? So I was trying to build up some reserves and this kind of thing. And so, and, and so I said, I got a week, and I'm not going to be able to do it after church. So I got to go today. I got to go today. And so I went, and so, I mean, I was eating as fast as I could, as much as I could. I mean, oh, God, I had, oh, I had all kind of food. It was just glorious. And, and, um, and, and as a, watch this because I want you to see the point. And, and, and I began to drink my drink. And as I began to drink my drink, my drink started out filled. But as I began to consume my drink, all of a sudden now, my drink needed to be refilled. Uh, Bishop, what, what, what do you mean? How, how is it that you lose your feeling after you've been filled? Well, watch this. As life takes a drink of you. Okay, I ain't got no witnesses in here. As, as life happens to you, and as you go through stuff, and as you deal with disappointment, and as you deal with setbacks, all of a sudden life begins to take a drink out of you. And so every now and then the scripture says, baby, you got so low, you need to get refilled. Y'all ain't hearing what I'm saying. Bishop, show me a scripture. I'm going to show you one. Go to Ephesians 5.18, and then we're going to get the ghost down here. Ephesians 5.18, Ephesians 5.18. And we're going to talk about this more in, a, in an upcoming series as we go through it. But I just need you to see that there's more. The moment you think you got it all, there is more. Somebody say there's more. Because some of you, the reason why you're frustrated and you're mad and you're angry and you have nervous breakdowns is because you got filled, but baby, you never got refilled. And so you're going around trying to operate off of last year's feel and off of the year before that feel. And when you got feel back in 88 and when you got feel back in 90, oh, but baby, I got an announcement for you on this first Sunday of this new year. If you've already been filled, it's time for you to get refilled. <laughs> Ephesians 5.18, let's go. I'm out of time. Ephesians 5.18, here it is. Ephesians 5.18, you got it? It says, and do not get drunk with wine, for that's, I'm reading, I'm reading uh, Amplified, for that's debauchery, your New King James says, uh, which is dissipation. But ever be filled and stimulated with the Spirit. New King James says, but be filled with the Spirit. You're missing it. Be is a perpetual state of being. Let me talk to this side because y'all lost me. Uh, he says, but be, watch this, let me say it to you in, in very plain English, but be being filled with the Spirit. He, he, he said, listen, the solution to all of the craziness you go through, where you want to quit, you want to throw in the towel, you know why you want to do that? Because you're empty and you need to be being filled. But wait, there's more. I'm just so stressed, I'm so stressed, I don't know what to do. You need to get a refill. Bishop, I'm just so sick of these kids. Bishop, if one more, get my kids say one more thing to me, Bishop, I just don't know. I'm going to leave my king's kids. I ain't even coming. I'll come tomorrow. I'll get them tomorrow. Y'all just somebody think about You need to get a refill. Bishop, I'm just so sick of life. I just don't know what to do. I just don't know. You need a refill, Bishop. I'm just so tired. I'm just so tired. How you that tired? You're only 52. You ain't done nothing. How you tired? Because you need a refill. 
But wait. You're in one of three places today, and I'm through. Number one, you need the first experience. If you need the first experience today, that experience is available for you. You're in a second place today. You need the second experience. You've never been filled. Got it, Bishop, but what about gifts? What about Tom? What about the, we'll get there. Let's just open a gift. <laughs> we'll read the user's manual as the series goes. Just open the box today. And the third thing is you've been filled, but, but, but you clearly can see from the way your everyday life is going that you need a refill. You're in one of those three places today. And I want everybody to stand because wherever you're at, you're going to have the experience you need today. Hallelujah. 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 Father, we bless you and we honor you. We thank you for your word today. Father, we thank you that your word is true, that your word is living, and that your word is powerful. Now, Father, we pray that you would meet everybody where they're at as it relates to the experience that they need to have today. Father, we thank you that your word is so powerful, my God in heaven. We thank you that your word is living. We thank you that your word has the ability and it has the power to do supernatural things. Father, we bless you and we honor you. We thank you in the name of Jesus. Meet us today in this place. We pray that every experience that a person needs today, that that experience would be met in Jesus' name. If a person needs the first experience where they need to uh, receive salvation and they need to be sealed, I pray that they would receive that today. If a person needs the second experience where they need to be filled for the first time, I pray that they would receive that today. And if a person needs the third experience where they need to be refilled, I pray that they would experience that today. So today, let's get to it. If you need that first experience where you've never become a Christian, you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, and you need to rededicate your, or, or excuse me, or number two, you need to rededicate yourself to Jesus. So number one, you, you've never become a Christian. You, you've never lived for Jesus. You've never confessed that he is God. You've never given him an opportunity to rule your life. But maybe you're here and you've done that, but you've not been living for him. And you really just need to have this first experience today. I'm here to tell you God loves you. He's not mad at you. And there is forgiveness for you. I said there is forgiveness for you. Bishop, but you don't know what I've done. I don't have to know what you've done. I know what he did. And I know that what he did is powerful enough to forgive you. And it's not just powerful enough to forgive you. It's powerful enough for you to have an abundant life. There's no other way to abundant life except through Jesus. So if you need that first experience today with everyone's heads bowed and everyone's eyes closed, if you need that first experience, you're going to have it right now. On the count of three, I want you to throw your hand up if you need to become a Christian or rededicate yourself because you're going to have this first experience today. One two, three. If that's you, throw your hand up. I see you. I see you. Hallelujah. 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 Now I want everybody, everybody, every campus to pray this with me. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I confess my sins before you. I thank you that 2,000 years ago, Jesus died in my place because of that belief and because of that confession. If this is my first time praying it, I am now sealed by the Holy Spirit. If I was far from you, I am reconnected to you. Give me the grace to live the life you have planned for me. An abundant life, a life of joy, a life of peace. It does not mean that there will not be trials, but when there is a trial... I'm in your protection. I'm in your safety. In Jesus' name, celebrate God for the first experience. 
I said, celebrate God for the first experience. Now, secondly, secondly, now listen, if you just had that first experience in just a moment, we're going to give you some instructions. Do not leave this Aurora campus. If you're online, uh, do not, uh, or make sure you click the connection card button. But if you're here at the Aurora campus, do not leave this campus without making sure that you follow those instructions. You trying to walk out and live out the Christian life without any tools is ridiculous. That's like you trying to say you're going to be a doctor having never studied. You need the free tools we're going to give you, so make sure you do that. All right, it's time for the second experience. Right, here's close your eyes very quickly. Bishop, why do you ask us to do that? Because people are making decisions that affect their eternity. This is a big deal, man. Getting filled is a big deal. And if you need to have the second experience today, now you know you're sealed, but you want the God to live in you. You want the God that created the heavens and the earth to live on the inside of you. If that's you, wherever you're at, I want you to throw your hand up. If that's you, wherever you're at, I want you to throw your hand up. I see you, I see you, I see you, I see you, I see you. Hallelujah. 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 Now, if you lifted your hand, I want you to just do me a, a quick favor. I want you to run to this altar. Run to this altar very quickly. If you just lifted your hand, come, 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 come. Come, 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 come. If you didn't lift your hand, but you wanted to lift your hand, come on. Come, come, come. All right, so those of you out there, you're saying all you need is a refill. So that means you need to be stretching your hands towards Jesus. We pray for them today. Now, those of you at this altar, I just want you to lift your hands, and I want you to just say this very, very simple prayer. And then once you pray, I'm going to lay my hands on you. Now, listen to me. When I lay my hands on you, some of you may be overcome with the presence of God. We're going to talk about that in the series. There's a Hebrew word for that, where the presence of God overtakes you. And so sometimes you may, uh, what we call slain in spirit, you may fall. Some of you may tremble. Some of you may feel heat. It just depends on how God works with you. It's different for every individual. Some of you may feel absolutely nothing. And that's fine, too. That doesn't mean that it didn't happen. When you ask, he gives. 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 I said, when you ask, he gives. 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 So at this altar, those of you in the congregation, your hands are stretched. And those of you at this altar, your hands are lifted. And you're going to pray this simple prayer. Say, Father, Father. those just at the altar, say this prayer. Say, Father, Father. in the name of Jesus, I thank you that your word declares that there is more. There is more than the first experience. There is a second experience. There is a second experience. And this second experience gives me the privilege to not just have you seal me, but to have you feel me and to live on the inside of me. I put out the old man so that there is room for the Holy Spirit to live in me. I invite you in and I receive you. Holy Spirit, fill me, comfort me, lead me, convict me, guide me. Affirm me in Jesus' name. Now, I'm going to lay my hands on you and pray for you. Those of you out there, I just want you to pray for these. It's going to take just a moment. We're going to be out of here. Those of you in the congregation, I need you stretching your hands and praying for these. I don't hear you doing it. I need you stretching your hands and praying for these. Hallelujah.
Come on, I need you praying. I need you praying. Father, fill them with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Father, fill them with your precious Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Father, fill them with your precious Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Have I prayed for everybody that was up here? Now lift your hands. Everybody that was up here, even if you've already gone back to your seat. Just those that were up here. Just those that were up here. And even if you've already gone back to your seat. Now somebody said, Bishop, I didn't feel nothing. He's not an emotion. Now, as we proceed through these weeks, you're going to learn about some of the things that come with what we just prayed for. And you're going to begin to see a manifestation. We're getting ready to pray for a refill for those that have been filled. And you're going to see what I'm talking about when I say a manifestation. And you're going to see him begin to flow through gifts. And you're going to begin, uh, begin to see him flow through uh, a certain type of worship and that kind of thing. You're going to begin to see that happen. That comes with the gift. Those of you with your hands lifted, hear me. It comes with the gift. As sure as you know you got saved when you prayed, you just got filled with the Holy Spirit when you prayed. Did you hear what I said? I wish I had a church that would praise God for that. I said I wish I had a church that would praise God for that. This is not an emotional thing, so you may or may not feel something. So, so just as sure as we pray, you got filled with the Holy Spirit. And as this gift continues to unwrap over these next few weeks... Don't miss a week in this series. My God, if there's ever a series not to miss, do not miss this one. Because I'm going to explain to you what happens with all of this. Amen? Amen. Amen. Now, now those of you that have, been, that have just received the Holy Spirit, you make your way back to your seats. And I want you all to hug them and love them as they come back to their seats very quickly. Amen. Y'all come and worship. Come. Amen. I want to sing that atmosphere song. The atmosphere song. All right, now how many of y'all need a refill? Now, I want everybody, we're going to be out of here in four minutes. If y'all will just do, help me, we're going to be out of here in four minutes, but you ain't got nowhere to go no how. There's nothing more important than this anyhow. And if you think there is, you need to go back and have a first experience again because you didn't have it for real. Now, if you need a refill, get your hands lifted in the air, and I'm going to pray for you today. Father, in the name of Jesus. Your word declares that we are to be being filled with the Spirit. And those that need a refill, Father, I speak now into their lives, Father, that they would receive a refilling of your Spirit and that an outpouring of your Spirit would take place in their lives in Jesus' name. And, Father, give them peace. Give them joy. Father, I pray that the Spirit would be filled up in their lives in the name of Jesus. 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 Now, if you need to be refilled, I want you to come on either side of this stage. And I'm going to bring you up and pray for you on either side of the stage. Come very quickly. Come very quickly. Come on. Hallelujah. Come on. Sing the song. Hallelujah. 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 Those while you're waiting for me to pray for you, lift your hands. While you're waiting for me to pray for you, lift your hands. Lift your hands. Hallelujah.
Hallelujah. Somebody shout the ghost. I said shout the ghost. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come, come, come. Need to be refilled today. Let's just shift the atmosphere. We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday. Don't forget that your skin is your largest organ and the sun can be your skin's worst enemy. Dermatologist recommended Neutrogena products offer the ultimate protection for your skin. From makeup remover wipes to Hydro Boost Water Gel Facial Moisturizer, BJ's has your entire lineup of Neutrogena skincare products. And now through December 3rd, save $4 on any Neutrogena product at BJ's. Love your skin back and save now through December 3rd, only at BJ's.